This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au a proud joy sponsor for over five years. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters L-G-B-T-I-Q-A and the number one. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family matters. Yes, it's family matters, not family affairs. But thank you, Judy, for the wonderful news as always. I think family affairs would be a slightly different show. I think it'd be on at a later time slot as well. Yeah, not 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 at a seven pm yes, sort of time. We slate. don't tend to cover incest <laughs> at this time. <laughs> but you have joined us here on Family Matters, your lighthearted look at rainbow families tonight. We're kind of, we're nerding it up, aren't we, Clayton? Books are not nerdy, books are cool. I think so. Well, nerdy but cool, it's a, I suppose, yeah. But I did put a shout out to the rest of the team. I was like, oh, who wants to come and talk about your favourite books for kids? And silence was deafening. Who's going to join Clayton and I? And they're like, no. Well, I love books. Same. Because books are awesome. I think books are awesome. So tonight, yes, we're getting all book crazy. And we are looking at kids' books um, pretty much from preschoolers through to early teens. Um, To mid-teens, actually. To Mm mid-teens. Fantastic. So if you want to let us know what your favourite kids' book is, an essential book that must be on the bookshelf or read to a child or read by your inner child, message us in on 0427-JOY949. Email us on air at joy.org.au or phone in 1300 569 949. So, books. <laughs> Gina. I am a bit excited, but you know why? It came, it was very late for me to enjoy books as a kid. So have you always been an avid reader? Because you're a school teacher. I have. Um, I've always been a fairly avid reader, but I also can be a lazy reader. So lazy. I, I love my audiobooks these days. Cause yeah. Book, yeah, because I can listen when I'm in the car and, you know, I've got so many other things to do when I'm doing other things. Yeah. It's a good chance to escape. I actually, I've never been a fan of audiobooks until, like, I'm a huge fan of David Sedaris and, okay, this is an adult book, but... His comic tone, so that's why I go and listen to him live when he performs. It's just his manner and the way he delivers. Mm. So I do download his audiobooks. But I still love reading, like right now I'm reading adult, you know, fiction to my child because one, she just likes the sound of my voice. She doesn't actually know what I'm reading. But it gives me an opportunity to catch up on reading books. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, reading aloud is actually one of my favourite things. I love reading aloud in my class. Oh. So this year I have no class. Um, <laughs> I just love um, so I, I have. I'm not reading aloud, but so, yeah. Whereas, and and I mentioned this to you off air. It actually took me ages to fall in love with reading because I was really embarrassed reading out loud as a kid. So even though I was born here, my first language was Greek because my mm-hmm. parents only spoke to me in Greek, and my sibling, you know, my sister and the, our peers were only other 
Greek kids and Greek families. So when I started kindergarten, I couldn't speak English, clearly couldn't read, could probably read Greek. So it actually, even into primary school, it took me a little while to get my confidence to be a read. And reading out loud is something that is really scary. It is. Do you do, how do kids deal with it in your classroom? Well, I, when I only, they only have to read aloud if they want to. For oh, a start. They, they do that. have to read aloud to me. Yeah. But they don't have to read it aloud to the class or anything like that. That's a completely optional. Oh, see that? I would have loved that. Yeah. A lot of kids love doing it, so it's fine. Yeah. But if a kid doesn't want to read aloud to the class, you're just going to scare them away from reading. That, and that's exactly what happened to me. Because yeah. I would think, oh, are they just trying to make sure that I'm following where we're up to? And I am following where we're up to. But I would get so nervous at reading out loud that I'd muck up mm-hmm. the you know the phrase. I could read it really clearly in my head, but it was the nerves and anxiety of having to perform. And yeah, had I been left to just read one on one to the teacher because they're testing my comprehension levels, mm-hmm. making sure I don't need, I would have been much better. Yeah, and you know the like kids reading aloud to a teacher, they're usually okay because it is very much a one on one thing. Yeah, but even that, you can still see the nerves and whatever else when they're reading. So, yeah. Uh, so I just you know always. You know, talk to them like that. Oh, that was really great, and you know, be positive. And even if it's not the best reading, be positive about what you can, and then you give them some tips. And is that way a, a good way for you to also be able to examine? Okay, this child might be might have dyslexia. There might be some further teach. You know work that they need to do in that space when they're reading out loud to you? Is you that the best way to... You get a whole lot yeah. from that. Yeah. You look, it's not necessarily the best way, but it is a... Yeah. It becomes part of a whole package when yeah. you have students who have additional learning needs. Yeah. So that's certainly one thing I would do is when I'm listening to them read, go, oh, okay. Mm. But I've taught older kids for quite a while now, and that's sort of... A lot of those things have been identified by the time they get to me. So yeah. uh, when I've had younger kids, it's certainly... I had one child who was a selective mute, and um, the only way I knew he could read was that he'd tell the other children off for not reading the right word. Wow. So, yeah, he would speak to other kids and stuff, but he wouldn't really speak to teachers. And <laughs> so, but he'd, so he'd be sitting in a circle and a kid would read the wrong word and he'd tell them off for saying the wrong word. It was like, okay, so he can read. So he can read. <laughs> yeah. So we, so that's good. Yeah. Now, so when you were a kid, though, what was your favourite kid's book? So the book I We all have one. We do. I love a book called, um, because it's the first book in my mind, I don't know why, that I read by myself. I don't know why I think of it that way. Yeah. But it's The Bernstein Bears and The Spooky Old Tree. The Spooky Old Tree. And it's just got, it's, I actually still read it now to my kids, my students. And so the, the language is just rhythmic and sweet Mm. and yeah, so. But, you know, I do love a bit of Mem Fox. Um, love Mem Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, I went to one of her training on reading aloud. Oh, really? So I, she said you had to read aloud. And Where I, is that green sheep? I'm uh, still trying to find it. Um, I can certainly give you some tips. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a masterclass later. I, and, and, and actually, I'm going to ask you some tips about how to best read to, mm-hmm. our, to our young ones because I'm doing that at the moment. I brought in the book for you. You did, yes. That was my favourite book. So I had a really ratty copy from when I was a kid and I fell in love with this book. But when my child was born, I wanted this book for my child. And I just opened up to a page... And so basically my favourite kids' book was Shirley Hughes' Dogger. And Dogger basically is about this little boy, um, Dave, that loves his teddy bear and loses his teddy bear. And then, of course, his big sister saves the day and is, does a, a beautiful selfless, selfless act by trading in a big teddy bear. She's one to reclaim the, you know, the, the lost and then stolen dog. 
beautiful story. But then I opened it up and I said, Clayton, why do you think I liked <laughs> this book? And it was rather self-evident. Uh, it might it be a little really picture at the back. It's a bit of a giveaway. And that's the thing. I remember, like, just looking at, like, just glued to this book and not only reading over the words, but it was more the artwork that I was attached to. And... The big sister Bella, who is the hero, you know, the hero to Dave in this book because she gets the the teddy bear back, is a tomboy. Yes, I didn't notice this until I was much older, older like last year when I bought this book, and having a moment going, oh my god, I know why I connected with this book. Mm-hmm. I was finally seeing someone that I identified with. I had queer had a queer reading of this book when it's not well a queer before, well yeah. before we, we you know we talk about queer readings of books mm-hmm. but it was the first time I saw someone that looked like myself or someone that looked like I wanted to be and was almost a hero in this story yeah read Dogger everyone I'd never heard of Dogger it is so cute it is lovely illustrations uh, beautiful illustrations and I do tear up every time um, the androgynous sister tomboy sister that I highly sought after sought, sought after Bella does a beautiful selfish act anyway we're not going to be talking about dog all night even though I could we do want to hear what your favorite kids books are what kids books you like to read to your kids message in on 0427 joy 949 email us on air at joy.org.au we even have a special song to play. We do. We were continuing our Sesame Street theme Yay. of songs by celebrities on Sesame Street. This one is Pharrell Williams. Yeah, I'm going to get you to say that because yeah. I always you mispronounce did a, it. It took us about <laughs> five minutes to work out what we were both talking about because you could not say the name of Pharrell. I always say it wrong. Uh, um, anyway, this is Books by Pharrell on Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, look, 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 Pharrell, it's a pyramid. That's right, Elmo. It's in Egypt. <laughs> dum dee dum 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 dee. Oh, hi, Pharrell Williams. What you doing here? Hey, Cookie. Elmo and I are just traveling around the world. Yeah. Traveling around the world? Wait a minute. But you right here. How could you travel world and not go anywhere? What's well, simple, Cookie? Listen. Today by the letters L G B T I Q A and the number one. 
You are listening to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. Now, before we move any further, we need to quickly congratulate the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, who has given birth to a baby girl. Congratulations. Yeah. You that go, girl. A quick, that was a quick clap. <laughs> yeah. But... You have some fascinating facts on this. So she's actually the only sitting world leader yeah. to have a baby while in office. So, and <laughs> the last one was about 30 years ago, and it was Pakistani Prime Minister oh Benazari Bhutto, uh, so, who had a daughter in 1990. Oh. First of all, 1990 was 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that shocking? And everyone's made a big deal that Jacinda won't be able to do her job as Prime Minister. Okay, she's going to be sleep-deprived, but everything I hear from politicians is that kind of happens anyway. Yeah. So you have no life, and, and that's kind of what it's like having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So She'll protect the country like she does her baby now. <laughs> well, congratulations, Jacinda. New Zealand always making us look a little bit shameful here in Australia. Yeah. Always getting ahead of us. They've had a lot more female leaders for a start. They have, and they're kind of better with refugees, and they're kind of better, you know, with gay marriage. They got ahead of us. So. Yeah, and also their um, treaty with their First Nation people yeah. is a lot better than ours. We're always a little bit. We don't have one. Yes. Uh, so always a bit ashamed. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> stop making never ourselves. talk about politics. Or... <laughs> yeah, no. So we want to hear what your favourite kids' books are, what books you loved reading as a kid, or what books you like to read to your kid. Message in on oh four two seven joy nine four nine or. Emails on air at joy.org.au. Just like Carolyn has from Melbourne, mm. a couple of fantastic books for kids. A very, hu- The Very Hungry Bum <laughs> okay. by Claudia Rowe. Not, not, I don't know that one. No, neither do I. And How to Catch a Star by Oliver Jeffries. I feel like I've heard of that one, but I'm not certain, so I'm not going to make yeah. any comments. Yeah, so The Very Hungry Bum, which you commented before you know another book, similar name. Very Hungry Caterpillar. I think they're very two different mm-hmm. books. Also The Very Hungry Zombie, which is actually a... Takeoff of the very hungry caterpillar. So I don't know that one. No, I, I have that one at home. Well, so lend that one to me. Yeah. Now it is still Radiothon month, week, month. You can still win a trip to LA if you become a member. Um, you can still donate, and I think the hour of power is next week, mm-hmm. where your donation will be doubled. I don't think you'll get twice the tax donation, like deduction. No, you only get your whatever your, you donate. That's but, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, But we have a huge thank you. We have a family membership. Who's that from? It's from Cam from Ladies Pass. Uh, congrats. And a family membership over Family Matters. Highly appropriate. Did you know there's a place called Ladies Pass? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> kind of looking at that now going, I thought that was their name, but no. Ladies Pass. Is a place. Okay, yep. we're going we're to Google that. No, it's we in might Victoria. have to, yes. Anyway, so queer along. books. Queer there books. are actually queer books out there for children. You think? Yes. Well, they're, they're not in Hong Kong. Well, they are in well, Hong no. Kong. Well, no. Hong Kong, yes. So before we get into queer books, very quickly, my advice to you, go have a look at Gay Star News. LGBT kid books are currently being removed from library shelves after complaints. Including a queer book that I know very well. Which one's that one? That would be Entango Makes Three. Entango Makes Three? Yes. So it's a little... Tell me about this. It's a book about three, uh, two gay penguins in the Cute. New York Zoo, Central Park Zoo, who are exhibiting all the behaviours of being a couple. And the people who run the zoo decide, well, we've got this egg that doesn't really have a home. Let's give it to them. And so they give the egg to the gay couple, penguins, <laughs> and the penguin, the penguin hatches and they name it Tango because it takes two to tango. Um, and, yes, yeah, so it's a beautiful, beautiful 
book. Um, back on Stand Up Straight Days, I played it in its entirety oh, um, awesome. when we talked about children's books there. So, Well, another book as well, which, you know, is Introducing Teddy. That is an Australian book. Did that actually get a mention? That that did get a mention. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, article. it's one mm. of the banned books now. We interviewed Jessica Walton, um, la- well, I think last year or the year before. Oh, my God, I'm losing time. I've if interviewed you, her twice myself. Yeah, if you do want to catch that interview, you know, it's The Family on Ben Street, I think, is the episode here on Family Matters. But Introducing Teddy, I've got the book here in my hot little hands, is a gorgeous book. Like, how you can ban this I have no idea. Well, that's it. It's about a teddy bear who is a Gender girl. non-conforming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who's a girl, it's... but, you know, was born a boy. Do we say born for a teddy bear? But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Was it first the chicken or the teddy bear? I don't know. Yeah. But that's also... So, yeah, look, go and have a look at um, Gay Star News. There, I think there is petitions. People are trying to stop this, but mm-hmm. it's already happening and it is absolutely frightening. But the Hong Kong government is not a great one for listening to petitions. So no, possibly not. You no. can't get onto the Google page. But yeah. Mm-hmm. we, yeah. So look, we highly recommend Tango Makes Three, and we highly recommend introducing Teddy. So Tango Makes Three is a true story, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you know, you never, you haven't made it until you've been banned as an author. So Jessica Walton. Congrats, has made it. mate. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another queer book. Now, I recently w- received this for my child, but I call it my book. Is called Love. Love Makes a Family by Sophie Beer. Now, I really like this book because it's for really every family I know Mm -hmm. that's out there because it's for not only kids that have two mums or two dads, but one parent or one of each. Um, And it's a beautiful, beautifully illustrated book, just... Like And it literally is. Love is waking up bright and early every morning. Love is finding the biggest puddles. It's a really simple book, but it's culturally diverse again. Mm-hmm. The images are absolutely just luscious and beautiful. This is something that I would start reading right now to my six-month-old. It's just an absolutely gorgeous book. So that one is called Love Makes a Family by Sophie Beer. There's one with a little more text than that, but has a similar concept around showing different types of families. I think it's Who We Are or The Way We Are, but it's mm. one of those sort of titles. I can't. I should have brought it with me. Um, and that's the same sort of thing. It shows a same-sex couple. It shows um, single parents. It shows um, adoptive families. And, yeah, it's... And you you wouldn't actually like it's just it's really about the activity the kids are performing it's not about pointing out well his two dads and his two mums and his you know a single parent it's just a beautiful book mm. that so many kids will get so much joy out of seeing themselves on one of those pages definitely that's and that's all it is mm-hmm. now i've brought in a really retro classic here which i bought from hairs and hyenas i think the year it was published called daddy's roommate which uh, it is. It needs inverted commas around it. <laughs> so, Daddy's Roommate, clearly, as we know, it is a book from 1990 by Michael Willowit. I think he did all the kind of Uncle What Is That Is Coming to Visit, mm-hmm. um, or My Dad's Wedding and all that sort of stuff. I think he's one of those kind of classic, who's one of the first published authors to tell Rainbow Family queer books, kids' books. It's just, look, it's very vanilla. It is very heteronormative. Daddy's roommate really is a like a bear that's kind of shaved off most of his beard, really. Yeah. It's 
it's a bit it's a bit polite. Mm-hmm. It's a bit it's a bit safe, but I can imagine the time this was being told. Well, yeah, we had to sort of step a little more carefully at that point. So, yeah, um, you know, it's better than nothing. Because you know, they go to the beach. Okay, that's kind of probably the most homoerotic image there. You know, sunscreen yeah, on each other. Super but then, other, other, oh well, he does have his shirt off when they're working in the garden, mm-hmm. and they are singing and you know buying cereal and anyway. It's a really kind of cute book. Well, and we're talking in the 90s when a lot less people came out before they got married and then came out later. So it said it was a different era. That still happens today, certainly. But it definitely would have responded to a bigger demographic at the time. And I remember buying this, and we're talking 1990, because I thought it was kitsch and I thought it was cute. But it's made it to my child's reading list. I I think it actually might be by the same publisher, but there's a book from the 90s also called Uncle Paul Has AIDS. Tell me about this. Yeah, look, we've actually had it in my school library for years. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah. Uh, and the preps used to love to borrow it because it had balloons on the cover. But the <laughs> librarian would go, maybe not just at this age. Uh, but yeah. But so it's, it was a book just telling the story of um, a child's uncle who has AIDS and just sort of, I think it was just a way of talking to kids about AIDS and things like that. So wow. it's, you know, it's not like the best written book or anything, but certainly it was, would have been fairly groundbreaking to be a kid's storybook about having AIDS. You know what? So. I'm actually going to go and look that up now because mm-hmm. that sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. You're on Family Matters, and we'll be back in a sec. Story time. When I was little, my dad used to tell me, Will, you can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. This seemed like a reasonably astute observation to me when I was eight, but it turns out to be incorrect on a few levels. To begin with, you cannot possibly pick your friends, or else I never would have ended up with Tiny Cooper. Tiny Cooper is not the world's gayest person, and he is not the world's largest person. But I believe he may be the world's largest person who is really, really gay, and also the world's gayest person who is really, really large. Tiny has been my best friend since fifth grade. And but so a few weeks after we get back from Christmas break, our junior year, I'm sitting in my assigned seat in pre-count when Tiny waltzes in wearing his jersey tucked into his chinos, even though football season is long over. Every day, Tiny miraculously manages to wedge himself into the chair desk beside mine in pre-count. And every day, I'm amazed that he can do it. So Tiny squeezes into his chair. I am duly amazed. And then he turns to me and he whispers really loudly because secretly he wants other people to hear, I'm in love. I roll my eyes because Tiny falls in love every hour on the hour with some poor new boy. They all look the same, skinny and sweaty and tan, the last an abomination because all February tans in Chicago are fake, and boys who fake tan, I don't care whether they're gay, are ridiculous. You're so cynical, Tiny says, waving his hand at me. I'm not cynical, Tiny, I answer. I'm practical. You're a robot, he says. Tiny thinks that I am incapable of what humans call emotion because I have not cried since my seventh birthday when I saw the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven. I suppose I should have known from the title that it wouldn't end merrily, but in my defense, I'd just turned seven. Anyway, I haven't cried since then. I don't really understand the point of crying. Also, I feel like crying is almost, like aside from deaths of relatives or whatever, totally avoidable if you follow two very simple rules. One, don't care too much. Two, shut up. Everything unfortunate that has ever happened to me has stemmed from failure to follow one of the rules. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. Now, there was a clip we played before. Yes. Might have needed a bit of an introduction. It My might bad. have. Yeah, well, we get yeah, Things happen. <laughs> so that was Will Grayson, Will Grayson excerpt, read yes. by John Green, the author. Um, and Will Grayson, Will Grayson is the story of two Will Graysons. Um, who one is gay, one is straight, who eventually meet 
Um, and it's just that was the straight Will Grayson story that we heard because John Green wrote the straight part and yep. David Levinson, um, who look at it, may I haven't read yeah, it. <laughs> no, it's quite a prominent queer author. Um, he wrote the queer part and they basically alternate alternate chapters and. Yeah, so it's two different authors writing two different stories. And it's I've read part of it, but I never got around to finishing it. But I need to actually get into it. Very cheeky and witty. John Green tends to. He did Fault in Our Stars. Oh, okay. So what age group, I guess, we're starting to move older if it's Fault in My Stars as well? Yeah, we're heading into sort of more of a teenage area. In fact, the language in Will Grace and Will Grace is definitely. It does um, (laughs) later in that chapter go into masturbation. And yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) That didn't make it to me, Mm. but that's okay. So some other things. So there's other books out there. A book I really love. It's actually a series mm. by Patrick Ness, who is a gay man. You've talked about this. Yes, tell. Yes. So he is a gay man. He um, has done television and stuff as well, but he's also quite a famous author for one of his books called A Monster Calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to get back to that Monster Calls in a okay. minute. But in terms of the queer component, I want to talk about Chaos Walking. Okay. Um, it's a trilogy. The first one is called The Knife of Never Letting Go. Um, and then there's two others of Monsters Monsters of Men, I think is the third book, and then The Ask and the Answer is the second book. So I don't do things in order. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so in that, the main character, his um, adopted parents are a gay couple after his parents die. Um, he gets adopted by this gay couple um, who... Because on this planet, uh, women have been wiped out no. by a virus that also made men excrete noise. Now, that noise is their thoughts. So wow. uh, basically men, all of men's thoughts is projected. So everything a man thinks gets projected out for the world to see. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not Mel Gibson what, what woman wants. No. This is completely... It's what men thinking. Wow. Um, yeah, so... At this point in time in, in our world, I don't know if I'd ever want to live in that well no, i wouldn't exist in that reality bit no because you would have been wiped out by the virus so he um hears all this noise and uh, he lives with this noise and it so it means that whatever he thinks his adopted parents already know and whatever else but he eventually finds a patch of quiet where there is no noise and that's because there is a girl so oh. and he, that sort of sparks this big long adventure which has its ups and downs as a book and I don't it's one at one point or another I hated every single character in the book um, and at other points loved every single character in the book so well known it's a couple I didn't love um, but the, the title comes from a excerpt from the book which says noise is a man unfiltered and a man unfiltered is just chaos walking oh wow which is I think is a great quote especially at this um, time yeah, yeah so also he also did um a TV series called Class, which is a great teenage TV series. It's a Doctor Who spin-off, but it's mm-hmm. very, very different. But the main character in that was a queer boy who had a partner throughout the series. He was alien as well, but, you know. <laughs> and when was this made? Was this on... Uh, so this was a couple of years ago. So oh, wow. I couldn't tell you totally off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, just a couple of years ago, this series Class. I only made one season because it didn't rate well, but I actually think it was an incredibly well-made series. And can it be caught on any of the streaming services? Or not that I'm online? aware of, actually, but you could try iView or something like that. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. It's cool. Just class. 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 Yeah, it was a nice mm. teenage series. Tell me more about A Monster Calls because you are... I do. You do talk about this book quite a bit. I do. I love this book. Um, children in their lives will have to deal with death yes. and dying. Um, this happens 
with pets, it happens with relatives, it happens with parents. It's a really complex issue and it's really hard to talk to kids about. So this book is a way in to talk about that issue. Now, it may not be the best time when, when their relative is dying to use this mm. book, but it is a good thing to do when you think your child's old enough, which I'm saying is probably about 11 or 12 years so old. 11, yeah. 11, 12. Is this something they can read on their own or is something you'd read to them? Uh, you would read with them. With them. So whether you both read it at the same yeah. time, whether you read it aloud to them, whatever sort of works, but I definitely think it's something that you need to read at the same time yeah. or have read before you give it to your child. So is it? Uh, is there, I'm assuming there's a protagonist who has just experienced grief or is about it's to? A, there's a, the protagonist in the story is a young boy whose mother is dying of cancer. Oh, okay. And um, although treatment's being tried, you get the, she's definitely within the end game of that. Mm. So um, he's kind of dealing with that within his own life, a really rocky relationship with his grandmother. It doesn't make things easier. Yeah. Um, so one night, a monster calls um, in the shape of a giant yew tree that tell, tells him three stories. And he, had, he has to tell him the fourth story. The boy in the story, I can't think of his name, actually, Connor. Um, and the fourth, that story has to be his truth. And so it's sort of, the three stories are magnificent, beautifully told, and are totally, none of them go the way you expect. Yeah. And then... the that when, sounds beautiful. Yeah, the truth comes, and look, this is a spoiler, but I think it's a necessary one. Um, For adults, yeah, yeah, knowing what you're about yeah, to... Yeah, so the, when the, after the mother dies is the time he tells the fourth story. Gorgeous. So, um... Yeah. And look, I haven't been able to find many like books on grief. Um, I remember when my nephew, who I'm extraordinarily close to, he was kind of at that 10-year-old age mark when he lost his grandfather. So a, a close family member. And this was the first person he'd ever lost in his life. We tried to protect the children in so many ways. There were no books about grief. Mm. The worst thing I did was take him to see Toy Story 3 right. in 3D, which is the most emotional Toy Story movie. Mm-hmm. I remember him crying, and both of us were crying under our 3D glasses, and he turned to me, and he's like, why would you make me watch that film now? And I'm like, I didn't know. But one thing we, because I work with Steph on the Dying to Tell podcast, there is an app actually called the Cove app, which is actually designed for kids to express their emotions and help them express their emotions. But it does it by helping them make music. So my advice to people, it's a beautiful... We had Steph's child kind of take us through the app and the music and you can use it when you're stressed. But it's really there for if a child is experiencing grief and and emotions that they can't express or don't know how to, this is an app that helps them make music. And, you know, depending on how they're feeling, they can change the tempo and the beat. They can save it. They can share it. And it's it's a gorgeous little, mm. you know, I know it's not a book, but you let's be realistic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to, in that case, I'm quickly going to give my biggest tip on talking to kids about death because, you know, it has happened to me in my career. And, yeah, um, and basically, I just think my experience is just be frank with them yeah. and don't try and use euphemisms, euphemisms. <laughs> can't say words. Uh, just tell them exactly what's happened. Yeah. yeah that, and use the words like died and don't say things like passed away. Yeah. And I've made that mistake before. Yeah. And it, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. The problem is Greek Orthodox people are just very good at oh, that loud out there grieving stuff and we try and protect kids from it mm. because it's Don't. pretty dramatic yeah. but yeah well, maybe protect them from the uh, I think from the, the show from the, from the, from yeah, the show so, yeah. but not the actual grief itself but not the grief itself no the, look telling them that and you know don't 
try and keep them away from the funeral or anything like that. No. They, they, they need to go they need through to. that. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard, but it, it, are you worried about it being hard on the child or are you worried about being hard on yourself? I think it's more people are more worried about how do I have that conversation with them and how am I okay with that conversation because you're usually struggling with that stuff as well. Definitely. Um, we digress. We digress. I quickly Sorry. want to mention yeah, another... Monster Calls. Yeah, Monster that's, Calls. That's uh, definitely one. read it yourself even if you don't have kids. It's yeah. a beautiful book. There is a movie. Watch the movie after you've read it. Okay. Um, the movie is a very good adaption. Cool. So... Um, Another book by a queer author, which doesn't have any queer content in it, but I think it's just a great book. Yeah. It's probably my favourite book to read aloud to kids, is The Thief of Always. My brother was obsessed with this when I was, when we were still both living at home. Um, he loved it. I read it because somebody said, oh, have you read this to your kids? And I went, no. And I did. And it was amazing. What's the book about? Um, so a young boy, uh, the, okay, the, the, the opening lines of the book <laughs> are... The great grey beast February had eaten Harvey Swick alive. There he sat in the belly of that smothering month. And it kind of just goes on into this beautiful language. He's, yeah. he's a very good wordsmith um, and talks about this boy is so bored. He gets invited into a house and the house is a whole lot. It's called the Holiday House and it runs through four seasons in one day and every holiday in one day. And awesome. he, he kind of lives his life, uh, lives his days in this house for a while, and he gets speaks to his parents. He said, "Oh yeah, we know you're there. It's all good." And, <laughs> but yeah, things, as always, are never quite as they seem. Of course not. How? What age are you reading this? Eleven. Eleven. Mm-hmm. How do the kids react to these stories? They really they love it, they and love there's it? some great characters to voice in there too. Nice. So that's what I love about it is that there's these really great. Um, characters who have just sort of different personalities and yeah a much younger version of something that is reminding me of is where the wild things are which is a which is a just a gorgeous kind of wild imagination masterpiece Um, it's just and look the film adaptation is beautiful as well but not related to the book whatsoever not at all no highly recommend people read the book in fact there's some fascinating articles about queering like, you can read some fascinating theory about queering where the wild things are. So, you know, if you're in Hong Kong and they've ripped out all the gay, you know, LGBT books, pick up where the wild things are because yeah. you can queer it in a way and it's kind of that disguise and, and escaping reality sort of stuff. There's some actually fascinating theory you can actually go and read about that. Another book for old... I'm going to yes, jump in please, one second. Please. I'm sorry. Jump, jump. Uh, I just want to read my favourite line yes. from this book because I even marked it but the wild things cried oh please don't go we eat we'll eat you up we love you so yeah and max said no that's a gorgeous Mm. yeah yeah it's look i i've i don't have any tattoos but i have been tempted and it'd be one of the characters Mm. from that book if i ever did i um may have played max in my um as a teacher um (laughs) as my school in my school production of where the wild things are so for the student we did a production for the students and i played max fabulous now do do your kids get excited by i see i get excited by this book as an adult Mm -hmm. again nobody read to me as a child nobody read any of these books i get really excited reading these books to my kids how are you how do the kids react to these sort of stories that we as adults love Uh, if you put your passion into the story the kids will respond in kind um when i read aloud i read with a lot of passion and a lot of emphasis and a lot of voice and if you can do that then kids will love stories and if you can get kids to love stories they will read forever yeah and they'll write as well Mm -hmm. and they'll tell their own yeah you can't write without reading exactly exactly look we are here on family matters when we come back 
I'm a huge fan of Jamie Lee Curtis, not only on screen, but for what she puts down in print. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy. There's more from the Family Matters team in just a moment on Joy 94.9. The life issues that, well, um, matter. Family Matters on Joy 94.9. Tonight we Books had... matter. That's, I was exactly going to go there. Thank I'm you, sorry. No, it's true. Books matter. And the books that we're talking about really matter and should be on all the bookshelves in your home. Before the break, I mentioned someone who I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, love her on screen. Gotta love yeah. her on screen. How can you not? Oh, well, horror fan, Halloween, hello. Halloween, mm-hmm. um, the heist thing that she's in, and I've forgotten. I've got the script at home. I'm reading it at the moment. The one where they eat the goldfish. You know the film? A Fish Called Wanda? That's the one. Absolutely gorgeous film. I think I'm good at that game. Yeah, me clicking, (laughs) going, you know the one, you know the one. They they eat the fish. Okay, yes, now I've got you there. But Jamie Lee Curtis is actually a fabulous kids author. She is. I discovered this many, probably close to 15 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got one of her books in my hot little hands, but I want you to tell me first about a book that probably relates... Probably to a lot of the families that we're speaking to tonight. Definitely. Uh, It's Tell Me Again About the Night I Was Born, which, you know, is generally a story that kids don't want to hear from their parents, (laughs) as a general rule. Um, But in this case, the child loves hearing about the night they were born and actually goes on to tell the story herself. She's like, tell me again about the night. Tell me how this happened. Tell me how this happened. (laughs) And she just tells the story because she was adopted. Yep. Um, A pre adoption arranged prior to birth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it talks about the fact that, tell me how my birth mummy didn't couldn't look after me because she, you know, it doesn't, I don't sure it goes into details and how you agreed to look after me. And like, so it's really, it's a great book of talking about adoption. Because Jamie Lee has adopted her children. She does. So yeah. that, I think that's, that book actually came out of Jamie Lee wanting to write a story for her kids mm. because there wasn't a book out there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it goes through the whole process and the parents flying over to where the baby is and yeah. So. And a book, so many, and they're beautiful. Like she works with the same illustrator, mm, uh, Laurel Cornell. Yeah, yeah. All the time. And the illustrations are just gorgeous in all of her books the book that is on my shelf is again it's probably it's probably about 18 years old ages four to eight it is called today i feel silly and other moods that make my day it's really zany i can't believe i've used that word um but it is just it helps kids basically explore and identify their emotions and ever-changing moods, you know, from being silly and cranky and excited or sad, and that moods can change every day. And sometimes the moods change because you didn't fit in at school that day and you're feeling this way. And the next day was a fabulous day because you got to play with all your friends again. And then you're a bit over it. So it's it's actually a gorgeous little book. I would give it to any of your, you know, adult, adults would love that. I've given this to adults. Mm-hmm. Yes, this book. Um, literally. Literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for Judy Kelly. Um, But I would highly recommend people get this book because it, and especially, you know, we know that boys are raised not to be allowed to express many emotions. Mm. Um, We do our best to make sure that doesn't happen. But this is a gorgeous book and at the back there is a little wheel where you can turn and change your emotions and the little face expressions change to match those emotions. So that's Today I Feel Silly and Other Moods That Make My Day. Now, two years ago, 
um, I got to watch this. I haven't got this book at home, but I watched this online because Jamie Lee reads this new book um, to, to some kids in a in a in a story session. It's called This Is Me, A Story of Who We Are and Where We Came From. Again, the ages for it is four to eight. But it's a timely picture book about immigration. And my goodness, I hope people are reading this now in the US and here in Australia and just so many places. But what it is, it's this gorgeous, I think it's a grandma who goes into almost like show and tell and goes into a classroom setting and takes in with them their suitcase when they migrated to America and talks to the kids about what they fit into that suitcase and the choices they had to make and the things they had to leave behind. And then it asks the kids in this class, in this picture book, you know, to go home and what would they put in their, basically in their suitcase. If you're given a very small amount of time, small suitcase, what would you pack? And it really kind of explores that as a child. And then teachers are encouraged to then talk to their kids about if you had to pack all your most important belongings, you're never going to be able to, you know, go back and change your mind, what would you pack? To kind of help explain that kind of journey that someone needs to take. Mm -hmm. And it's a really positive, beautiful story, but that also creates that conversation and that empathy of kids to go, what do you mean I can't pack my cat? What do you mean I can't take all those things are my friends so it's I a gorgeous I can't take grandma and grandpa oh. like yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm to a darker place um, <laughs> but yeah talking to kids about these issues is really important because they'll actually grow up understanding yeah. things and it, it, trying to understand books are a great way to try and understand things that are outside of our experiences and I really recommend getting books like these ones by Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, who does deal with social issues in her books. Yes. And emotions are a really important thing to talk about with kids and um, getting a handle on their emotions and knowing that you can't control your emotions, mm. but you can control your actions that come from them. Clayton, I know we're almost wrapping up to the end of the show, but there was something really important I wanted to know as a parent reading to my child. Mm-hmm. What is the pedagogy right now of to reading to young kids? How should we be reading to them? So from whatever age, which you're doing definitely, yeah. is read to kids, uh, read aloud. Like yeah. read to kids constantly, as much as you can, as much as they don't look bored. Even after, a little bit after they look bored. And am I, yes, I'm very, you know, theatrical when I, when I like to read to them. Awesome. But am I pointing out the words? Am I pointing out the letters? Am I just letting them just enjoy what's on the page? Um, is, there a, is there a way of doing that? In terms of words and letters at, yeah. um, up until, about primary school age unless they show an interest. If they show an interest, do it whenever. Yeah. Um, just focus on reading to them. Yeah. Don't worry about them understanding the words or the letters and whatever yeah. else. You can teach them the letters. That's great. Um, but don't necessarily do it with inside a book. Yeah. Make the book about the book. Yeah. Um, it will create a love of books. Yeah. It will mean that they'll actually get the idea of how stories flow. Nice. Which is really important. Yes. And... When they're at school, then we can start worrying about, okay, so they need to read the words now. So, But don't stress before that. That's what school is for. A book I wish I had when I was younger and a book, I kid you not, I get really emotional every time I read it, is called Madeline Finn and the Library Dog. So my advice to you, please... Go and Google and have a look at this book. Madeline Finn and the Library Dog is is about the therapy dogs that kids can read to when they're having issues reading and reading out loud. It is a gorgeous book. It is written by Lisa Papp. And it's about, you know, this little girl who doesn't get a gold star in class and is really upset because she gets really embarrassed reading out loud and she struggles and kids giggle at her and she doesn't get the words right. But then she meets a reading dog and... It's and, beautiful. And thank God for the reading dog because oh. her teacher sucks. 
I, I know, I told you, and you're like, that shouldn't be happening. But no. we know in classrooms right around mm-hmm. Australia, that does, Clayton. Yes, it, it does. happened to me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> thanks, Joe's sponsor. Um, we do love Crumpler. Um, you are listening to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. We have a huge list of books, but we don't have five hours for Clayton and I to just sit here and just go, oh, no, my God, no. and this I'm one, going, we, and we this one, and this, yeah, we are, you should see the list in front of us. Mm-hmm. I have, I understand now why the rest didn't follow us. A few last books before we finish up for the night. Huge thanks to my next-door neighbours who bought this for my child. Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Absolutely glorious history book, really, and Mm. we enjoy reading it. Basically covers some amazing females across history, everyone from Nina Simone to... I think Rosa Parks is in there. Rosa Parks, Elizabeth First, Amelia Earhart. like Coco Chanel? Coco Chanel is in here. Hillary Clinton's in here. Maya Angelou is in here. And it's got a, just a beautiful one page with a beautiful illustration mm. of of that person and what their life kind of encompassed. And it's a beautiful book to share with kids. Just because it says Rebel Girls, you can still read this to boys. In fact, you should be reading this to boys. Yeah, reading it to boys is more I had more an argument with someone ever. over that. Yes. And they should be reading about amazing, influential women. And powerful women. women. And powerful and women. that is how we stop things like... Like Eurydice Dixon happened. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So please read this to all your children, however um, they identify. We've had a membership from Karen. <gasps> Karen! From Cheltenham. Thank you, oh, Karen. Karen, well done you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You I, keep us on air. You do. Yes. All right, so I'm going to throw out, this is not anything queer or whatever else, but it's just a great book for reading to kids, and you love it as well. I, I know love them. this book. And it is The Garofalo. Oh. Love it. The Gruffalo is this gorgeous book about a monster. It's about not not paying attention to the outside and, you know, things are not always what they seem. But a mouse took a stroll through the deep, dark wood. A fox saw the mouse, and the mouse looked good. Where are you going to, little brown mouse? Come and have lunch in my underground house. It's terribly kind of you, fox, but no, I'm having lunch with a Gruffalo. A Gruffalo? What's a Gruffalo? A Garofalo, why don't you know he has terrible tusks and terrible claws and terrible teeth in his terrible jaws? Where are you meeting him? Here by these rocks, and his favourite food is roasted fox. So... I'm not the scariest creature in the world, but I am the scariest creature in this world. (laughs) I love that story. I love reading it to my child. It is so much fun to read. Definitely. And it is just, it's a great book. And it's, you know, the goes on, you know, there's no such thing as a Gruffalo until the mouse meets the Gruffalo. Yes. And I've seen the stage play. Don't see the stage play. (laughs) Well, we are... That's it for Family Matters tonight. Now, there is another book that we haven't mentioned tonight because I'm speaking with the, well, I'd say author but editor, and it is a new book uh, called Raised by Unicorns, which is the stories of rainbow children told by rainbow children. So I'm actually, um, I've got an interview organised with the author, so you'll be hearing about that book soon. Don't forget, Joe Hurst's new book, A House for Everyone, is also now available. Go out, buy it. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Clayton. No problem. We're just going to keep talking about books. Books, 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 books. books, books, books. Up next, you've got Well, 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 and then our favourite Woofger Bears. Arg. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.